This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. In 94, the FBI asked me where I wanted to go. And what better place to go than back to Rhode Island to finish something that I'd started many years ago uh, to take a look at Buddy. This is FBI agent Dennis Aiken. You might remember him from prior episodes. Back in the 1970s, when Buddy Cianci was first mayor, Aiken investigated rumors of corruption at City Hall. But by the 80s, Aiken had transferred, and Buddy had been kicked out of office for assaulting a man in his living room. Now it's the 1990s. Buddy's back, and so is Agent Aiken. I believe that uh, Buddy was corrupt, and I believe that if I came back here, I might could help to fix that. And when did Buddy figure out you were back? When it came to reality for him was when I bumped into him in the Capitol Grill. He was walking out, and I just happened to be walking in, and I literally almost bumped into him. I looked at him and said, hi, Mayor. And he looked at me as though he thought he'd seen a ghost. And he says, oh, you're back. I says, oh, you know I'm back. Uh, I'd been involved in a lot, a lot of corruption cases using different techniques. And I knew that the undercover technique was the best. Aiken brought in some undercover FBI agents. They posed as out-of-town businessmen, trying to score contracts with the city. Yes, is this the mayor's secretary? Yes, it is. Yeah, hi, my name is Henry Marco. Um, Great, Mr. Marco, could you hold on because I'm an important call right now. Hold on, please. Thank you. That went over like a lead balloon because they didn't know who they were. They weren't going to get introduced to anybody. Can I help you? Hello, my name's Henry Marco. Yes. I'm waiting to make an appointment with the mayor, uh, either Thursday or Friday. Sorry, I, I didn't hear that. I'll have to look at my schedule. The undercover agents weren't getting anywhere. Nobody at City Hall knew them or trusted them. Agent Aiken needed someone closer to home, someone brave enough and maybe crazy enough to go up against the mayor. I was very frustrated, and I read a newspaper article about a guy who had tried to get a lease with the city. In the article, a local businessman complained about losing a school department contract to park buses in a vacant building he owned. His name was Tony Freitas. Every three years, it was a bed. And I got a call from the Premise Journal, from a reporter, and she wanted to do a story about the building, the bed, and she gave me a tip 
But I was a little better, but I was not going to get it. I then realized they were using me to bet on the property because there was someone else paying bribes. And that's what got me involved. Tony had immigrated from Portugal as a child. He built a successful heating and air conditioning business. But he always felt like the city's political insiders looked down on him because of his accent. Was the nerve that they had to use me. Like, oh, he has an accent. He must be stupid. So I decided just, I'm going to go see this guy Freitas. Didn't know him. I had no idea of what he would say to me. Didn't know anything about him and just called him up and said, I want to come see you. I got a call from the FBI. I says, good, what took you so long? Come over. And it was one of the most amazing conversations I've ever had in the Bureau. Tony's a different, different guy. So I asked him if he'd talk to me some more. He says, I got a better idea. What if I put on a wire? He was the first guy ever that asked me to put on a wire. <laughs> I said, OK, I want to go undercover. I want to get these cockroaches. He says, yeah, yeah. He says, we'll clean up the city. Dennis Aiken and Tony Freitas made for an odd couple, but Aiken was desperate for an undercover operative, and Tony was itching to go undercover. Today's episode, an unlikely duo, an FBI agent from Mississippi and a Portuguese air conditioning contractor join forces to take on Buddy Cianci. I'm Zach Stewart-Pontier. I'm Mark Smerling. Welcome to Crime Town. Buddy Cianci announced that he would attempt the impossible. Running as an independent candidate, he began his fourth campaign for mayor of Providence. We are going back to City Hall. He was filled with all the confidence and the energy and the charisma for a man who's been vindicated, you know? Uh, and he knew it. This was a victory lap. I'm not there to play to see who's going to win, win the game when you're playing on my court and my field when I own the referees. <laughs> you know, I mean, you ain't going to beat me. <laughs> Thank you all very much. Please be, be seated. As I was walking in, one of the directors of one of our community centers said to me, it's Washington's birthday. And I said, that means I can't tell a lie. And I won't today. This is Mayor Buddy Cianci delivering a State of the City address at City Hall. As we prepare for this new century, Providence is rediscovering her greatness. Our generation is transforming this city so completely that native sons returning after a long journey can hardly recognize the city of their birth. Riverfront parkways, ornamental fountains, and festive street lamps, burgeoning... By 1998, Buddy's renovation of downtown Providence was in full swing. They called it a renaissance. To a lot of people, Buddy was a hero, but not to FBI agent Dennis Aiken. Of course, my first question, what's Buddy really up to? He was getting a lot of publicity. A lot of it was self-generated. They were talking about a mall 
Providence Place Mall. It was the Renaissance city, but everything was just not as it really seemed to be. The city was broke. It didn't take much research to realize that everything was on a credit card. To find out what Buddy was really up to, Agent Aiken launched an investigation. He called it Operation Plunderdome. Who came up with the name Plunderdome? That was a combination of a lot of things. I was looking at the dome on the city hall. I want to use dome, and I was thinking of Mad Max's Thunderdome. So then we came up with Plunderdome. It was the stupidest name I ever come up with, but I'm telling you, it stuck. <laughs> Corruption investigations like Plunderdome can be complicated. Agent Aiken knew he would have to follow up on every lead, work every possible angle, and follow the money. You have the mayor, then you have the director of administration who run the day-to-day operations of the city, and then you have the tax collector, the tax assessor, right? I'm paying taxes. Where's the money flowing? The tax collector and the tax assessor. So we decided to focus there because I would get us closer to everybody else. And luckily, Agent Aiken's partner, Tony Freitas, knew just where to start. He had already had a run-in with the chairman of the Tax Assessment Review Board, a guy named Joe Pannoni. He says, Joe Pannoni tried to shake me down, and I wouldn't pay him. So I told Tony, I said, let's call Joe back and told him that you've seen the light, and although you wouldn't pay before, you've learned. Hello. Hey, good morning, Joseph. Good morning, how are you? Okay, buddy. Okay, buddy, who's this? Tony. <laughs> what are you doing? This never... is an FBI wiretap of a conversation between Tony Freitas and Joe Pannoni. I never received anything, and here's why I'm worried, because uh, one of the properties, yeah. they have never, never received a tax bill. Tony tells Joe Pannoni that he hasn't received his property tax bill. And he's worried about late penalties. You know, maybe uh, we can do something uh, with somebody. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know. You, you know better than me. Yeah. You tell me what to do, you know? Tony plays dumb. And right away, Pannoni offers to help. Whenever you want to go down City Hall, I can get you right in. That's the point. Stop in Tuesday. Stop City Hall. Tuesday at City Hall? Yeah, I'm in the... Then, Joe Pannoni takes the bait. Well, I don't want them to see you with me, damn it. Instead, Pannoni says he'll stop by Tony's air conditioning business in the morning, where they can have a private chat. For FBI agent Aiken, that means it's time to upgrade the operation, from phone tapping to hidden cameras. Tony had a basement in his business, and it was the perfect place to make movies. And we wired it for sound and video. It was probably wired better than what you have here. <laughs> it was certainly more, more discreet. <laughs> Tony, the recorder's on right now? Yeah. The video is grainy and black and white. It shows a small basement office with just a desk and a few chairs. Tony and Agent Aiken are preparing to make their first movie, starring Joe Pannoni. Uh, and what we're doing is... We just want to say that today is Tuesday, May the 26th, uh, and we're waiting for a meeting between uh, Anthony Freitas and Joe Pannoni. Okay. Okay. Good enough. 
Then, Agent Aiken walks out of frame. There was a clause that I would go in and I could watch a conversation on video and I could hear it. Handles like this, you know, like that. Have a seat. And, uh, well, see, with your property, what I'm going to try to do, Tony, I want to tell you what I'm going to try to do, which I think I can do it. Joe Pannoni steps into frame. He looks like an old Italian grandpa. And right away, he starts teaching Tony how to build the system. When you have in trouble with tax bills or something, call me. Whatever you say, Joe. Yeah. Whatever you say, you know. Like the wise guys on Federal Hill, corrupt city officials speak in code. They never say bribe or ask for cash directly. Instead, they dance around it. In this recording, Joe Pannoni tells Tony that he can help him with his real estate taxes, if you know what I mean. Because you know, I can take care of that. Yeah. Don't ever strap yourself to pay a fucking bill. Uh-huh. Pannoni will take care of this one. Yeah. You know what I'm trying to say? Hey, I got to Tony knows what Joe Pannoni's trying to say, so he offers him a deposit. I want to give you a deposit because I don't know how much you're going to take care of me for that property over yeah. there. Yeah. Okay? Oh. 500 bucks all right for now? Yeah, yeah. Now, Tony deliberately counts out five $100 bills right in front of the camera. Okay, right. One, two, three, four, five. And Pannoni puts the $500 in his pocket. The whole thing had gone off without a hitch. And Tony Freitas wanted his luck to continue. My first day I wore the wire. I did wear certain underwear and everything went fine. And then from that day on, I kept that same underwear handy. It was my lucky underwear, okay? I seem to remember that he had some lucky, <laughs> lucky underwear. Yeah, I didn't like to get a lot of those details with him. <laughs> Today's date is July 30th, 1998. I'm Special Agent Dennis Aiken here with Anthony Freitas. Uh, we're going to video and audio record a meeting with Joe Pannoni that's supposed to... Tony started to meet more and more frequently with Joe Pannoni. Come in, come in. Fast, please. Come on. <laughs> Hold on, Uncle Joe. What's going on? I start calling Uncle Joe. He felt comfortable. Are you comfortable down here? Yeah, oh, yeah, we yeah. Meet you I'm, try, I'm trying to... Let you understand, these things are confidential between me and you. I trust you, yeah, you trust me. You know what I mean? Tony was this good talker. He would look you in the eye when he talked to you. And most importantly, he was a very good bullshitter. Okay? And I needed a good bullshitter. This one for you, Uncle Joe. Okay. All right, let's see. One, two, three, four, five. You don't have to, you know. Uh, no, I want to take care of Pannoni wanted cash, so we paid him cash. We paid him more than once. Some people said, well, why don't we arrest Pannoni? No, no, no. Agent Aiken was hoping that, with all those payoffs, Uncle Joe would lead them to the mayor. Joe started talking about Buddy and how he liked the money. He likes where the money is. Uh-huh. If you ain't got no money, you don't want to bother with you. I see. 
David. Uh, I see. See, I, 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 I'm new to this stuff. Yeah, see, you've got... You, you had him an envelope of $500. He had used this for your campaign. You know what I mean, Gabby? That's the way you do things. That's the way the game is played. Campaign money. for the campaign. Money. I see. Yeah. Does that money ever make it to the mayor's campaign? <laughs> well, I don't know where the hell it goes. <laughs> I thought I was in heaven. How was your relationship with Tony evolving? Like, were you becoming friends? Oh, yeah, we were friends. There's no doubts about it. I'm living with the guy, basically. I'm talking to him every day. I'm seeing him every day, seven days a week, uh, trying to hold him together. He had a very, very difficult job, and he was going undercover with no training and no experience. He was under a tremendous amount of pressure. And the pressure was about to get even worse. They couldn't depend on Uncle Joe alone to take them to the mayor. They needed to open another front in the investigation. Agent Aiken heard that another tax board member was laundering cash for bribes. So Tony got Uncle Joe to make an introduction. Then he introduces me to what I call cousin David Ede. David Ede was another story. He was scary. <laughs> he was an ex-cop, right? He was an ex-police officer. David Ede owned a vending machine company and he ran a money laundering scheme. Here's how it worked. If you needed cash, say to pay a bribe, you could write a check to Ede's company. Then Ede would take a small cut and give you the cash back. So Ede became Agent Aiken's second target. <laughs> Today's date is January 15, 1999. This is a Citizens Bank check number 6076587911-1 the amount of $5,850 that Anthony Freitas is going to provide to Dave E. Right? Yep. Okay. Dave In the video, Tony walks into Ede's shop. He's wired, and he has a camera hidden in his briefcase. You could see Tony weaving through a maze of soda machines. He comes upon Ede sitting behind his desk in the back office. I called David Jabba the Hut. He looked in the acted like and talked like Jabba the Hutt. Like Uncle Joe, E takes Tony under his wing, schooling him on how not to talk about bribes. You haven't talked to me on the telephone. Don't the budget check. Yeah, I'll be up with that thing. That thing and this thing and that thing. Things mean money. We understand that. They call him the Sam because you never know who's fucking listening to these phones today. So you can always stay I'm just giving you a little... Joe has told me some, but you know something? I told Joe, when it, I got to talk to Joyce, I got the pizza here, it just came. He knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. Ede puts out his hand, and Tony hands over the cashier's check. Well, you got a cashier's check? Uh, I told him I was the certified. Yeah, I don't think that's it. better. This is better? Sure, it's a okay. cashier's check. Yeah. A few days later, Ede shows up at Tony's office and gives him $4,000 in laundered cash. Hey, hey, there he is. How are you feeling, huh? Good, good. Well, have a seat, have a seat. Hey, this is what, the $4,000? Yep. And, uh... Why don't you put it in your drawer? Well, me, yeah. Now, 
Agent Aiken and Tony Freitas had captured two members of the tax board, on video, taking bribes and laundering cash. But they were still far from the mayor's office. They needed to move up the food chain. And one day, Uncle Joe offered an opportunity to do just that. I mean, who's making these decisions, the mayor or... Uh, the mayor. The mayor, huh? Mayor, The yeah. mayor. Why don't you make an appointment with him to see him? Yeah. And, and sit down and talk with him. Yeah, but Joe, if anybody knows him, it's you. Now, I mean, I don't... Right, I'm, I'm going gonna to set up an appointment with Frank Carrente. Okay. And that way they, you go face-to-face with him. Understand? Oh, 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 Frank? Yeah. And then uh, uh, Frank sets me up with, with the mayor, or you do that? Yeah, he does that. Oh, I see. He'll do that. That's why I said that you could have knocked at his door first before you get to the other one. I see. Frank Carrenti, Buddy Cianci's director of administration, number two in charge at City Hall. Joe was talking about how Frank was taking money. You have Buddy, and Buddy had Frank Carrenti. Frank Carrenti was the bag man to take the money and give it to Buddy. Correct, he's the, the in-between, sure. just like I'm the in-between man, you know what I mean? And that money it goes down to who? From the grand the mayor tonight, or first the mayor. I'm trying to educate you. Frank's the front man. So, in other words, I'm saying he keeps Frank and you between them as a buffer zone. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. but of course, but that money gets to him originally. Oh, of course, of course, of course, of course. So Frank gives it to him, obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so you got to... That's the way the game's played. Frank Carrenti, he would be target number three. And just maybe, he'd be the one to lead Dennis Aiken to Buddy Cianci. That's coming up after the break. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Welcome back. Before the break, FBI agent Dennis Aiken and local businessman Tony Freitas had teamed up in an undercover operation. Their first target was a local tax official, Uncle Joe Pannoni. Then came a money launderer, cousin David Ede. And now they were setting their sights on the mayor's second-in-command, the director of administration, Frank Carrenti. We had to come up with some scheme to get to Frank. The scheme to get to Frank was we wanted to rent some property to the school department. Tony had tried that before, it didn't work, and Tony was going to go to Frank to get his help. With an introduction from Uncle Joe, Tony went to City Hall to meet Frank. Good morning. Hi, Wyatt. Hey, okay. Good to see you again. How you doing? Oh, pretty good. Pretty good. What's up? Joe, for me, set up this appointment regarding my situation over there. Frank was very cautious. He was talking to me and touching me to see if I had the wire. I was a little better for the school department. I don't know what happened, but they went right over me, and they went right up to... In the video, Frank brushes Tony off, saying there's nothing he can do to help. I'm not used to this. They're the only people that can help you, the school board. They made the decision. 
Not us. We don't, we don't even know what's going on. We had our own problems when you try to help people. Yeah, because the perception out there is you've got to go to the city hall. Bull shit. Bull yeah. shit. When it comes to the school department, you don't come to the city So Tony goes back to Uncle Joe, and he complains that Frank blew him off. Good morning, Joseph. Good morning, Tony. <laughs> Listen, what? Uh, that meeting the other day yeah. with Frank, yeah. it didn't go too good. No. Uncle Joe promised to help, and a few days later, he stopped by with some good news. Hey, hey, hey. You're lucky you know me. Ah, you're lucky you know me. Oh, are you? Now this was well, Dr. Frank yesterday, right? Oh, you want to see him? I sure want to see him. I said, you can trust him. Don't worry. I said, I trust him. Yeah, yeah, no? yeah. I said, you know, I said, look, I told him about the school department. Okay. I said, can we get him with the school department for Christ's sake? Then Tony got a visit from the school department. Suddenly, they were interested in renting his building. So Tony called Frank to tell him the good news. Providence City Hall. Hi, Mr. Corrente's office, please. Hello? Tony Frank Corrente. Hey, Frank, how are you? All right. Okay. Frank, I'd like to stop by quickly to see you because I think something is happening over here. Where? The, the uh, rental? Uh, yeah. They came to see the place. Oh. That's good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All right, come to see whenever you want. Okay, buddy? Yep. Thanks. Love it. Bye. Time to pay Frank Renty another visit. And by pay, I mean pay. So Tony pulled up his lucky underwear, put on a wire, and got ready to go to City Hall. Uh, I'm doing a second here with Anthony Fraser. Here's $1,000, 10 $100 bills for Frank Corrente. Okay, so I went over what you're going to do when you go sit in. Yeah. Okay. And don't forget to turn this on when you get over there. Tony had his tiny camera in his briefcase and an envelope full of cash in his pocket. Coming up these stairs, it's murder. Why? You're not like you, for Christ's sake, you should be able to run off. Ah. What do you want to do? Good. Listen, I'm going to release. In the video, Tony sets the briefcase on a chair. The camera points at Frank, sitting behind a desk. The phone rings constantly, and Frank picks up every call. When Tony gets his attention, he tells Frank that the school department is ready to lease his property. All they need is final approval. They say they clear everything with downtown, however, they have to send a letter downtown for like, this is what it is, final proof. Yeah, well, they, they, so I appreciate you know, what you can do. I, don't worry, it's going to come, but they got to go to the school. Frank tells Tony that he knows just who to call to seal the deal. A guy named Mark Dunham, who was head of finance for the Providence School Department. I'm going to talk to Mark Dunham, he's my key. Do you know Mark Dunham? Dunham, yeah. Okay. Tony holds out the envelope filled with cash. And Frank looks surprised. Okay, what the fuck are you doing? 
It's not necessary. Frank, you But Tony had been prepped that this would be Frank's reaction. Joe Pannoni will tell me, when you see Frank, he's going to say, no, 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 it's not necessary. So when he says no, 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 that means yes, yes, give it to me. So he's never going to say, okay, let me have that. He's going to always say, no, no, it's not necessary. That's, so when he does that, it's safe to give him the money. So Tony continues, undeterred. While Frank takes another phone call, Tony opens the envelope, shows Frank the money inside, then places it on the desk. Still on the phone, Frank casually picks up the envelope, slides open his desk drawer, and drops it inside. Frank finally hangs up, and without saying a word to Tony, he buzzes his secretary and asks for Mark Dunham, the head of finance for the school department. Give me Mark Dunham. Tony's property is known as the Carroll Bakery, and Marriott is the company that handles leases for the school department. Frank is telling Mark Dunham that it's his understanding that Marriott is interested in leasing Tony's property. Yeah. You have any objection? Okay. That's a good idea. Okay. Very good. Thank you. Did you catch that? When Frank says something's a good idea, he means do it. Tony's lucky underwear was now three for three. Three city officials on tape, taking bribes and laundering money. But Frank Renty hadn't done what they'd hoped. He hadn't led them to the mayor. So they found another way. Remember David Ede, the guy who owned the vending machine company? He was high up in the local Democratic Party, and he'd been close with Buddy for a long time. I've been around 25 years. When I've been buddies for 25 years. Right, right, right. I go direct. Every time I have to do business with the mayor, I go direct to the mayor. So you may be one of the handful. Well, if I can't go to him, the mayor, who am I going to go to? He was the only guy who could walk into the mayor's office. He would go in, talk to the mayor, and the mayor trust him. So Agent Aiken had to come up with yet another scheme. You have to come up with reasons to talk to these people. You just can't go and pay, here's a bribe, can I call you in the future? They, they look suspicious. So my biggest challenge was to come up with things to pay for. I'd heard that you had to pay bribes to, in order to buy property from the city. So we literally drove around and found a piece of property that we decided we were going to try to buy because Eve was saying that he could pay the mayor to do that. So we told Dave we wanted to buy the property. Dave thought it was a great idea. These two lots are behind the calendar, 
Right here, these two. Lot 429 yeah. and lot 450. Yeah, those two are behind the Fernanda property. Yeah. Okay, and those are the two. The city owns. The city owns it. I mean, it's rooted. You want to buy this from the city? Yeah. How much you want to pay for the land? Whatever they say I Close should pay. How much do you want to give for the man downtown? Ed is asking Tony how much money he wants to give to Buddy Cianci. You tell me, three thousand is good I enough. Two thousand? How much should I give him? You tell me, I never did this before. I'll give him five thousand. You pay a thousand of these for the lots. Okay. All right. I'm going to see him. Tell him. Okay. We thought this was finally our end, that he was going to talk to the mayor, and he says, I'm going to go have a meeting with the mayor, and we're going to discuss how to do this, and I'm going to tell the mayor you're going to give him some money. We did a surveillance and found out that he did have the meeting. We watched the people that he claimed the mayor called to the meeting go into the meeting. A few days later, Ed called Tony on the phone and told him about that meeting. Eid said that the city lots Tony wanted were priced at $10,000 each. But, as always, Buddy was willing to make a deal. This is the deal. He said, all right, I'll tell you what. Tell him I'll give him the lots for 1000 apiece. No problem. Okay. okay? And what was Buddy's end of the deal? Buddy don't want 5000 He wants ten. He wants ten. Eid is saying that Buddy wants a $10,000 bribe to lower the price of the lots to $1,000 each. This way, Tony would pay just $12,000 rather than $20,000. Everybody wins. When I bring the big tent down to him, so this is from Anthony Chris, the doors will be open for you like you can't believe. I don't mind giving him a tent rent, okay? I don't mind paying the, the bribe, whatever you call this shit. I'm not used to this, okay? I don't want to mention it no more. Oh. Don't mention it. Okay, whatever. We understand. And we were going to give the money to take it downtown. And the goal was to follow David with the money and to hopefully have a microphone and camera in the mayor's office when it took place. And we were ready to go. We were in. This was going to work. But then... David threw us a curveball. A few days later, David Ede visited Tony at his business. I can't receive any cash legally, so I'm going to return your money. Listen to me. David Ede got down there and started saying how everything he had told Tony in the past was a lie. So I'm going to return your $1,200 to you. And if you want to hire me and pay me a check and take out the wages, that's okay. He didn't have the right to take the money, but I'm going to give you that money back. Just crazy talk, like he was obviously afraid. Even worse, he denies he has any relationship with the mayor. Number two, there's no big guy involved here. I was testing you out, okay? There's no big guy. I just and I just watched my case crumble in front of my eyes. Ten grand, nothing, okay? There's no big guy involved. You're, you're on your own to do this thing right. Just follow the rules and you're all set. I was just testing you out. What, you... I want to see what type of person you are. I didn't know you, you know. I want to see if that got around. You know, that's all. Hey, 
Fazan? But you don't have to worry. I was just testing you out on, on the big guy. There's no big guy. What? There's no 10 grand to give nobody. But also... Okay, so you don't have to worry about that. You can save that. You know what? This whole thing's got me... Um, actually, I'm pissed off, ticked off, anything, any way you want to call it. Okay? And um, I'm going to take a week off to relax Good. and swim. Tony talked to him long enough to where he said, follow me to my car. Walk me to my car. I didn't know what David was going to do to Tony. I was concerned about Tony going up there, and I, I knew he wasn't going to get in the car with him because I told Tony, if you get in that car, I can't help you. And luckily, I had another recording device sitting on the table that was disguised as a pager. And Tony picked up that pager and put it on his belt. And he walked up to the car with David. Yeah. Uh, you've got my word on that. You've got my word on that. You know? And they were standing outside the car, and David says, I got a call from a woman. I got a call from a woman at night at my office. She said, What's up, Anthony Freitas? Now, there's three people in that building. Me, Tony, and David Eden. I knew David Eden was known to carry a gun every once in a while. I saw his hand grabbing the gun. Tony has to think fast, say something to defuse the situation. And I see the gun. I says, put that thing away. Oh, no, no, no. I said, don't start with this shit with me. I said, I don't work for the FBI. I work for the CIA. Being honest with you. Anthony works for the CIA. Yes. you believe it? That was a good one. <laughs> and this strange joke, it seems to work. And it totally calmed David down. <laughs> and he says, well, I knew it wasn't true. <laughs> this type of thing. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> I see him. What do you think blew it for you? Uh, I was concerned about an agent in our office. I have my suspicions. And that's when we decided to bring, we had to bring the case down. It got too dangerous for Tony. And the odds of us getting to the mayor were zero. So we went, we put together a raid team. On April 28, 1999, the FBI made their move. They arrested Joe Pannoni and David Ede, and dozens of agents stormed into City Hall. The scandal erupted at City Hall in Providence. 76-year-old Joseph Pannone and 57-year-old David Eade are charged with four counts of conspiracy to commit money laundering. Eventually, they indicted Frank Carenti, too. But they still didn't have the mayor. Not yet. They were hoping to turn up evidence against him in the raid and to get people like Pannone, Eade, and Carenti to flip. For now, Agent Aiken had to settle for delivering the bad news to Buddy in person. I went over to his house, and I knocked on his door over on Power Street. And he comes to the door, and he clearly wasn't expecting me. He says, oh, oh, Agent Aiken. I said, buddy, how you doing? 
I said, can we talk? He says, oh, you still in town? I said, you know I'm still in town. So I went in and he said, what's going on? I said, well, right now I've got 50 agents swarming into City Hall. And he looked truly shocked. And he said, well, what's that about? And I said, well, we're investigating corruption. He says, well, who's involved? I said, I'd like to talk to you about that. I said, I'm sure you're curious as to what's going on. So if you're curious, maybe you want to talk to me. I was just torturing the guy, right? He wanted to talk to me so bad he couldn't stand it. And he says, well, I decided not to talk to you because I might say something to you or tell you something that's contradicted later by somebody else. And what did Buddy have to say about all this? Here he is talking to the co-author of his autobiography. Dennis Aiken, he's a bullshitter. Here's a guy looking to make a name for himself. Look, was there corruption in the city? Absolutely. Was there corruption in Boston? Yeah, corruption in Philadelphia. Name a city there isn't corruption in. But was I involved in it? I said to this day to my grave, absolutely not. Next time on Crime Town, Buddy Cianci finally goes on trial. I didn't do this stuff. I'm not guilty of this stuff, and I'm going to fight it as long as I can, as far as I can. Crime Town is me, Mark Smerling, and Zach Stewart-Pontier. We are produced by Austin Mitchell, Drew Nellis, Caitlin Roberts, and Mike Plunkett. Our associate producer is Laura Sim. We're edited by Alex Bloomberg and Caitlin Kenny. Fact-checking by Mick Rouse. This episode of Crime Town was mixed, sound designed, and scored by Kenny Kusiak and Matthew Boll. Additional mixing by Enoch Kim and Martin Peralta. Our title track is Run to Your Mama by Goat. Original music by John Kusiak, Kenny Kusiak, John Ivins, Edwin, and Beanart. Our ad music is by Matthew Boll. Our digital editor is Rob Zipko. Our design director is Ale Lariu. Alex Bloomberg is the podfather. I seem to remember he has some lucky underwear, but I don't want to get into those details with him. This season of Crime Town is dedicated to the memory of Bill Malinowski. Thanks to the Providence Journal, Julia Haymans, Emily Wiedemann, Annie Muir, Lisa Newby, Kate Wells, Mary Murphy, Dan Barry, Mike Stanton, check out his book, The Prince of Providence, and everybody who shared their stories with us. For a full list of credits, bonus content, and to sign up for our new newsletter, visit our website at crimetownshow.com. You can find us on Twitter at Crimetown and on Facebook and Instagram at Crimetown Show. And if you're enjoying Crimetown, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps others find out about the show. Thanks. And to become a Gimlet member, sign up at gimletmedia.com backslash join. That's gimletmedia.com backslash join. If you sign up for a full year, you can get a great Primetown t-shirt. Providence is a special place, and we're honored to tell a part of its story. So that's 100, buddy. Two, 300. Just put it in the pocket. Hey, 
anybody would see it. All right. Okay. Yeah, you, you want to lick it? Huh? Lick, you mean lick it? Ah, that's all right. Yeah, you, I don't want no one to see the movie. It ain't for him. I mean, no nosy people, you know. 